The following audio is from LifePoint Church, located in O'Fallon, Missouri. For more information about LifePoint Church, visit us online at thelifepointconnection.com. Go ahead and grab a seat. Well, good morning. Happy Easter to you. Hey, if you're a guest with us, uh, let me welcome you to LifePoint Church. My name's Eric. I'm the lead teaching pastor here at the church, uh, and uh, we are going to be in uh, the book of John, uh, chapter 11 this morning. So if you uh, have Bibles, you can go ahead and grab those and, and open them up. Uh, how many of you guys have uh, plans on, on Easter today? Anybody going to grandma's house, mama's house, Mima's house, uh, auntie's house? How many, people, uh, how many people have people coming over to your house after this? All right. I hope that wherever you're going, that uh, you're going to eat a nice uh, home-cooked ham. Anybody going to have that ham? Ham? All right. A lot of ham lovers. Listen, uh, when I was growing up, I didn't get a whole lot of uh, home-cooked meals. I know you could probably figure that out by my physique. No, but when I did get a home-cooked meal, usually it was from grandma, and grandma would cook the meal for us. And uh, the house that I grew up in, it was really just me and my sister and my, my grandma and, and, I mean, my, my mom. And my mom was a single mom, and so she worked uh, three jobs, and so getting a home-cooked meal uh, was not very uh, easy for us. And so when we would have a good meal at my house, uh, a lot of times it looked like this. Jack in the box baby. Now, because we lived on a budget, you could probably guess what's in the jack of the box. What's in here? That's right, baby. Jack in the box tacos. Listen, I love these things. Like I grew up on these things. These things single-handedly got me through college. You know the, those, those 2 a.m. Uh, early in the morning breaks? Because, you know, you're studying at 2 a.m. It's not like you're out doing anything else at 2 a.m., but studying. So when you need a, a study break, you go, and you could buy a dozen tacos for like six bucks, right? They're two for a dollar, which, which makes you question a little bit about, like, what's in them. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it may or may not be meat. But, but really, honestly, uh, I, I, I really don't, don't care to know what's in them. People ask me all the time, Eric, do you know what's in those? No. And I don't want to know. Amen? I don't want to know. I mean, I mean, they're juicy. They're so juicy. Like the juices seep through the shell. Sometimes, sometimes, I mean, the best one's juicy. I mean, they seep through the wrapper, sometimes through the napkins that are in the bag. Sometimes, one time, I kid you not, the juice was seeping through the bottom of the bag. I say juice, you say grease, you know, tomato, tomato, whatever, right? I, I had a friend who worked there, and he's like, do you, do you want to know what's in those? I don't want to know, actually. I don't know, and, and I don't want to know. Right, and so, so I can tell you uh, that these tacos are delicious, and the reason why I don't want to know is because they make me happy. <laughs> they make me. I love to enjoy me a good taco, and if I knew what actually what was in there, it may change my opinion about it. Right, it may change me actually eating. Them. So here's the deal. I'm going to continue to go on eating these tacos, uh, and I'm going to love them uh, every minute of the way. Does, does anybody else love Jack in the Box tacos? 
Anybody? Anybody? Okay. Here they, here they come. Great job. Great job. Hey, disclaimer, though. Uh, here's a disclaimer. Uh, it's Easter, and so I didn't buy those today. I, I put them in my... Now, listen, they may or may not be food, so it probably won't matter. It probably, uh, they're probably still good. Listen, I, I know it's Easter, and I know that this morning, probably more than any other morning, that churches are full of people who don't want to know the truth. And, and, and so just like I don't want to know what's in those tacos, many people have come in to church this morning, and they just simply want to put their quarter into their spiritual parking meter, turn that dial, and hope it lasts another year. And, and, the, and the truth is, is, is when it comes down to knowing the truth of God, many people say, I don't want to know. I don't want to know because if I knew the truth about God, that would actually change some things. And right now, I'm happy. I'm happy not knowing the truth. I don't want to know because believe me, if I knew, it would actually change the way that I live. And, 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 and really... When it comes to the truth about God, most people don't want to know because they believe that what they believe is true. You see, so many people, they believe that it doesn't really matter what I believe. Believe? I mean, what's the big deal, what I believe or not believe? I mean, it doesn't really matter what I believe as long as I'm happy. That's what I want. And if you and I are honest, we really come in this morning and we don't want to know the truth. See, I don't want to know the truth. Because if I really knew the truth, that, that, would, that would cause a change in me. I don't want to know the truth. I don't want to believe truth about God because that would mean something would have to change. And right now you're just too happy. Let me ask you a question. And this is a question for every one of us. Some of you grew up in church. Some of you have been doing this religion thing for a long time. Some of you have seen the spectacle. Some of you uh, ha- have been doing it. Maybe, maybe you've been confirmed or maybe uh, someone acknowledged that you're a Christian. Maybe, maybe you put the Christian post on Facebook. Listen, maybe, but maybe you're here for the first time. Maybe you don't have any church experience. Maybe you don't know a whole lot about God, but you're just, you're just simply here. Here's the question I'm going to ask every one of you, and I need every one of you to take seriously this question in your heart. Let me ask you, would you really want to know the truth about God, even if it's different than what you currently believe? But you want to know the truth about God, even if it goes against everything you grew up with? Would you want to know the truth about God, even if parts of that just, just simply you don't think will really make you happy? Would you really want to know the truth? Would you really want to know the truth about God? Or would you rather just keep believing whatever it is that you currently believe because you like it? Because it's soothing to you. Because it makes you feel better about yourself, 
I mean, what if, what if what you currently believed about God wasn't true at all? Would you want to know the truth? What if, what if what is said at every funeral ever, like she's in a better place, what if that wasn't true? Would you want to know the truth? Would you? Would you really want to know the truth? Would you rather want to continue just be ignorant and happy? Would you want to know the truth? Some people say, you know, Eric, I refuse to believe that God would fill in the blank. Oh, I I refuse. I refuse to believe that a loving God would actually send anyone to a place called hell. Let me, like, you refuse? What do you mean you, you, you refuse? But what if it's true? I mean, what if, what if God told you that there was only one way to eternal life? What if God said there was only one way to be able to see him? And what if there was only one way that you could get to God and there was no other way? And then God said that if you believe this, you'll get to God. But if you don't, you won't see God. Many people say, I refuse to believe that God would be so narrow But what if it's true? Right? Like, what if it's true? I mean, do you really want to know the truth? Or did you just want to come in and be entertained and sing some songs and go about your ham? Would you, would you want to know the truth about God before it's too late? Here's the sad thing. Statistically, it's the latter. Statistically, most people don't want to know the truth. They put their hand up, Eric, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. And and statistically, that's the truth, that people just simply don't want to know. And and the way I could say that is because we won't see a lot of you again till Christmas. You don't really want the truth. Most people, most people, the reason why is because most people base what they believe on emotion and desire and not truth. Well, this makes me feel good. This is what I like, you know. I just want to do my thing and put in my two cents and do, you know, and then, and then, and then we just base what we believe on our emotion or a desire, not truth. In other words, we believe what we want to believe because we like to believe whatever makes us feel good. And some of you, I know, I know it's Easter, but we want the appearance of godliness, but we deny the power of God. It is a horrible exchange. Horrible. Jesus, in John chapter 8, verse 31, he, he says, if you abide in in my word, you will know what? He says, if you abide in my word, you will know the truth, and the truth will what? The truth will set you free. He says, if you abide in my word, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Let me ask you, would you really want to know the truth, even if it's completely different than what you currently believe? Would you want to know it? Listen, I believe that every so often, 
there's a defining moment in the life of a man or a woman. There's a defining moment where God grabs hold of your heart and he opens your ears so that you can hear and you get to hear his truth and the truth sets you free. I believe and I have prayed that today is that day for many of you that God would reveal to you his truth and it would set you free. We've been going through a a series for the last six weeks called, Who Do You Say I Am? And that, that question actually comes from Jesus. Jesus in Matthew 16, he asked the disciple, who do you say I am? This is the most important question that any one of us could answer. Who do you, who do you say I am? Because the answer to that question, it changes everything. You see, Jesus throughout the book of John, he makes these I am statements. Because Jesus wants, to know, wants us to know who he is. And when we know who he is, we know the truth. And when we know the truth, it sets us free. And so today, we're going to be in John chapter 11, and we're going to pick it up in verse 1. Now, there was a certain man who was ill, Lazarus of Bethany. He was from the village of Mary and his sister Martha, and her sister Martha, and it was Mary... Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother, Lazarus, was ill. So the sisters, they sent to Jesus saying, Lord, he whom you love, everyone say love. Love. Lord, he whom you love is ill. But Jesus, when he heard it, he said, this is illness does not lead to death. What does it not lead to? What does it not lead to? He says, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God. What is it for? The glory of God. He says, this illness, it, it doesn't lead to death. This illness actually is about the glory of God so that the son of God may be glorified through it, through the sickness. Now, Jesus loved Martha. Everyone say loved. Jesus loved Martha. Jesus loved her sister. And Jesus loved Lazarus so that when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place that he loved. Now, Jesus loved this family. He loved them. And the Bible tells us that the one that Jesus loved was actually sick. Hey, Jesus, Lazarus is sick. I mean, they send runners out and they tell Jesus, hey, you should come quick. Hey, hey, come, come, because the one, the guy that you love, the one that you love, Lazarus, yeah, he's sick and it's not going well. And so Jesus, he receives the message and he says, this does not lead to death. This sickness, it's actually about my glory. You see, there's something greater going on here. He says, my glory is greater. This is about showing you my glory. Now, hold on. Already, this is stepping on the toes of what some of you believe. Because you believe, how could a loving God, God, if you loved him, you wouldn't be sick. 
You love me, uh, sickness. If God, if God was really loving, he wouldn't allow suffering. He wouldn't allow pain. He wouldn't allow hurt. He wouldn't allow sickness. But the truth is that Jesus not only just allows the sickness, but it says that when Jesus heard that he was sick, he actually did nothing. It says that he stayed two more days. Stay two more days, meaning, meaning he didn't go to him, meaning he didn't, he didn't answer the request that came, meaning he let him suffer and die. Listen, the whole family is suffering. Martha, Mary, everyone who's gathered, they're all suffering. That's why they're like, go get him can't handle this. Go get him. Now, why would Jesus do that? Listen to me. Because Jesus did not simply come to just make sick people well. He came to make dead people alive. That's what he came to do. He just wanted to make sick people well. He could have other people do that. He didn't have to come down from heaven to do that. He wants to make dead people alive. Now, don't mishear me, because Jesus does heal the sick. And Jesus is the one that calms the suffering. But listen to me, because Jesus wants to do something greater than relieve your current suffering. He wants to show you his glory. He wants to do something greater here. He says, this doesn't lead to death. This is about my glory. This is about so that the Son of God would be glorified through it. Now look at, look at verse 14. So Jesus stays there two more days, and he says, hey, we got to go. And the disciples are like, oh, we shouldn't go. They're trying to kill you. We, we shouldn't go. He's like, we got to go. Why do we got to go? And he says, because Lazarus died. Look at verse 14. And then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. Now look at verse 15. And for your sake, I'm glad. He said, he's dead, and I'm glad I wasn't there for your sake. He says, Lazarus has died, and I'm glad I wasn't there for your sake. What does he mean by that? Look at what it says. For your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that the reason why I'm glad and the reason why I'm glad for your sake is so that you may believe. Everyone say believe. Believe. I am glad that I wasn't there because it's going to lead to your belief. Now, right here, Jesus is connecting belief and his glory. Belief. And glory. This does not lead to death. This is about my glory. I didn't go so that I would be glorified and that you would believe. Now, now listen, listen, because Jesus could have gone to Lazarus. Jesus could have gone and healed Lazarus. Listen, he didn't even have to go to heal Lazarus. He just said, heal, heal, right? But if Jesus went to heal Lazarus, then wouldn't that cause belief? Isn't that what the gift of healing is about? Belief? But what would they have believed? They would have believed that Jesus is the great healer. But believing that Jesus is just simply a great healer 
does not lead to eternal life. Just simply believing that Jesus is the healer. The truth is that it's not what Jesus wanted them to believe. Simply believing the truth that Jesus is the physical healer doesn't bring about eternal life. And so there must be a greater truth that Jesus desires for both his disciples and you. There is a greater truth that he wants us to know. What is it? Let's keep reading. Let's go through 17. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for how long? Four days. days. He's been in the tomb for four days. Bethany is near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come uh, to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary, she remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. Now let's just stop for a moment. Let's get this, get this in our minds. I mean, just picture this. What would it have been like for two sisters to try and nurse their sickly dying brother back to health? So, so the fever increases, the sweat increases, the coughing and the lungs are filling, right? He's getting harder and harder to breathe. I mean, it is not pretty. And they're there, and they're asking on there. They're thinking, they're like, hey, go get Jesus. And they're there the whole time, and they're waiting, and they're waiting, and they're waiting. And Jesus no-shows until finally Lazarus breathes his last, and he dies. And then, after four days, Jesus comes walking down the road, and Martha runs to him. Can you just imagine that? She runs to him, and she says, Lord, like, 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 where were you? Don't you know what was going on here? Don't you know what we were been through? Don't you know what was going on? Listen, Lord, if you, if you had only been here, he wouldn't have died. She immediately brings up the past. If, if you were, if you really loved us, if you really loved him, why? I mean, I mean, if you had only been here, he wouldn't have died. Now, now listen, maybe that's true. That Jesus could have stopped the suffering. Listen, I, I know that's, that's where some of you are today. I, I know that, that you, some of you, you have this past that's a real barrier to what you believe. There's a, there's a real barrier in your past that kind of stands in the way from you really believing what Jesus says about himself. And you're here today, and, and maybe, maybe you've gone through some, some, some emotional distress, maybe some, some real darkness in your past, and, and you're here, and you would just say, if God was really loving, I would not have experienced what I've experienced. If God really loved me, listen, Jesus says, I love them. 
If, I, if, I, if God really knew me, if God really loved me, he would not allow this abuse. He would not allow my suffering. He would not allow my depression, my discouragement. He would not allow my physical sickness. He would not allow me to go through emotional pain. And some of you, you've walked in here and maybe you're in a dark place right now or you look back at your past and you have a really dark history and it makes you say, Jesus, if you had only been there, that wouldn't have happened. And today, Jesus wants to tell you that suffering doesn't have to lead to death. That's about my glory. I want you to see my glory. I want you to see my faithfulness. I want you to believe something more than deliverance from suffering. Look at what he says in verse 21. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, Lord, I know. I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, oh, I know. I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection on the what? Last day. I, I, like, like, like I know. And so, so here's the deal. This is what she does. She, she bases her belief on her past and says, Lord, if you had only been here, this would have been different. And then she flips the script and she goes future. She's like, okay, Lord, I know that whatever you say, whatever you ask God for, it will be fine someday down the road in the end. And so she's, she's here with her belief and she's way over here with her future belief. But Jesus wants her to come right here. Jesus, he almost interrupts her and says, hey, you're talking about the past and you're talking about someday. But listen, look at what he says. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. I am. Look look, look at it. He, he He says, I am the resurrection and the life. And whoever believes in me Though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone, everyone, everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? That's the question. He says, he says, I'm the resurrection. I am the life. Whoever believes will never die. Everyone who lives and believes shall never die. Now, if that's true, you've got to do something with it. I mean, you've got to. I mean, if that's the truth, you can no longer play this game that Jesus is just a good teacher. That Jesus is just about morality and fixing me up so that I would look pretty. You've got to do, so you've got to do something with Jesus here because Jesus, he removes any notion that he's just simply a good teacher because he says, I am the resurrection. No, no, no. Today, I am the life. Jesus, he, he, he presents himself as the solution, not to just a moral problem, but rather to a death problem. Jesus, he says, I'm not coming. I ain't talking to you about morality. I ain't even talking to you about healing. I am talking to you about the bigger problem, which is death. 
I am the solution to your past. I am the solution to your future. But I am the solution to your dead state right now. He is the solution, not just to a moral problem, but rather to a death problem. You see, there is a disease. There is a sickness. There is an illness that every one of us has, and it's called sin. That is the sickness that leads to death. And you and I, every one of us, has fallen short the glory of God. Every one of us has turned away from God and gone their own way. It says there is a disease, there is a sin that each one of us have, and in the end, it leads to death. But in Jesus saying, I am the resurrection and the life, he says, whoever believes in me, though you may die physically, you'll live. Everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And Martha, he says, oh, I know someday. And he says, no, 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 today. You believe in me, you live, you'll never die. Listen, do you realize the opposite of that is true? That whoever doesn't believe in me is dead? Jesus says, I'm the resurrection, I'm life. If you believe in me, you will live. If you don't, you won't. That's what he says. Jesus says, I am the resurrection today. I am the truth today. I am the life today. You believe in me, you'll not die. And then he says, do you believe it? That's the question. Isn't it? He says, do you believe this? That's what he asks. He says, do you believe this? Listen, the bridge between life and death is the answer to that question. Do you believe it? He said, you, you believe in me, you'll always live. You don't, you won't. The life and death, the bridge that covers that chasm is the answer to, do you believe I am the resurrection and I am the life? Do you believe it? Jesus invites every one of us into that truth this morning. Every one of us, Jesus is inviting you into receiving him as the resurrection, as the life. Listen, at this point, Lazarus has been dead for four days. And so he goes to the people and he says, hey, where have you laid him? They're like, oh, this way. So they go to the tomb. He goes to the tomb. And he says, he says, roll away the stone. And they start to argue with Jesus. I'm not sure that's a good idea, right? Because it, it's going to smell real bad. There's going to be an odor. King James says, he stinketh. <laughs> I don't even know that's word. I don't know, Jesus. And then Jesus, in 1140, chapter 11, verse 40, he says this. He says, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see my glory? Don't you, don't you see that this belief is inseparable from my glory, that if you would believe, you would see my glory? Now open the tomb. So they're like, okay. They open the tomb, and it says that Jesus called out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And all of a sudden, Lazarus in the straps, burial cloth, he comes out of the grave. He says, unwrap him and let him go free. Let him go free. He says, this sickness 
does not lead to death. It's about my glory. And on that day, many saw the glory of God. But here's the deal. is The resurrection of Lazarus is not even the most glorious resurrection. Because Lazarus eventually will die again. But then he'll be raised again with Christ. If he lives and believes, he'll never die. And so even though his body may go into the ground again, he's going to live forever. But the most glorious resurrection happens six days from now. The most glorious resurrection is about six days away. At this time, Jesus was six days away from being crucified. Six days away from walking in and being mocked and tried and beaten and marred. He was crushed for all the ways that we fall short. Jesus is six days away from absorbing the wrath of God toward your sin and my sin, that Jesus absorbed the wrath of God for the sins of the world, for everyone who would believe that Jesus is about six days away from having his beard ripped from his face, from having the lashes on his back. He's about six days away from having the crown of thorns rammed into his his skull six days away from nails through his hands and his feet six days away from suffocating upon that cross because he has no more strength to hold himself up he is six days away from death he is six days away from the crowds shouting oh jesus if you were who you say you are you should save yourself come down from there show us we'll believe then just just come down just stop the suffering just just stop the pain and just come down show us your god and in that moment in that moment i can almost hear jesus again saying no 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 i must suffer and i must die because this cross does not lead to death this cross is actually about my glory this cross is about the son of god being glorified through it because just in a few more days i'm going to rise again and i'm going to show you my glory and i'm going to roll my own stone away and i'm going to come walking out of my own burial cloth and i'm going to show you i'm alive he says, I'm just a few days away. And so this does not lead to death. This is about my glory. I'm going to show you. I'm going to prove to you that what I say is true, that my word is true, and I am the resurrection, and I am the life, and I'm going to prove that anyone, everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Here I am. That is the most beautiful Greatest news that any one of us could receive. And the question is for you today, do you believe it? He says, do you believe this? Do you believe it? You want to know the truth? Some of you don't believe it because you don't want to. Truth is, a lot of people don't want Jesus to be their resurrection in their life. Jesus don't they don't want Jesus to be that they don't want that to be true because if that were true that would mean something would have to change because if that were true then I'd have to stop playing this Easter Christmas game if that were true I'd have to stop playing church as a hobby game because if I really believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life to believe that about Jesus it would mean you would have to believe that you're dead without him there is nothing that this life or this world would offer apart from him. You would have to believe that Jesus is the resurrection and life would mean that you are dead without him. 
And many of you, you don't really want Jesus to be your resurrection and your life. Why? Because you're almost there. I mean, I'm almost there. I don't need Jesus. I don't, I don't need him to be my resurrection. I don't need him to be my life because I'm almost there. If I would just be able to just finish school, I could, I could get a job. And then when I get that job, boy, oh, I could get that car that I want. I could pay all my student loan. And I'm almost there. Uh, listen, I don't need Jesus to be my life. I don't need him, right? Because I'm almost there. If I just get that, then maybe, maybe then I could find that one that would completely, maybe then I would find that one I could spend my life with. We could fall in love and we can get married. Then, then my life would be the way that I want my life to be be. And then if I had that, I mean, I am almost there. I don't need Jesus. I'm almost there. I almost have my life figured out. I almost have. And if I could just find that one and then we could have some kids and then wouldn't that be great if I could just find a house and some kids and then, then I would have the life that I wanted until maybe I would want my kids to move out. And then I need that, 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 that retirement plan. Oh, I mean, I mean, you, you don't really want Jesus to be your resurrection of life because you're almost there. You're almost there. But the truth is, you want to know the truth? Apart from Jesus, you will always be chasing and never finding. You'll always be looking and never grabbing hold of the life that Jesus wants you to have, the fullness of life. You'll never be free. You'll be a slave to that. Listen, I venture to say if that's you, you've been almost there for quite a while. I mean, just almost. And the truth is that many people will come into an Easter service like this and they'll hear that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And they'll walk out and nothing changes. Because you really don't want that truth to be true. If it's true, then it changes everything. And today, today Jesus invites you into himself to experience his glory if you truly believe that Jesus is the resurrection and life, then could it be true that he's calling your name? I mean, could it be true that since Jesus is alive and he's here and he's not talking about someday far off, but he's talking about you today. Could it be true that today that he would call your name and say, come out, come out, rise up, come alive. Here's the deal. Jesus is the resurrection and the life right now. And Jesus being the resurrection and life is good news for every Lazarus that's in the room. And the truth is, you want to know the truth? We're all Lazarus. I mean, we're all him. The question is, the question is, do you believe it? Are you still in your tomb? Are you still looking for life in the darkness? Is that you? Listen, if you believe that Jesus is still just some teacher who died in a tomb, then listen to me, then you're dead in your tomb. That's your faith. That's your future. That's your current reality. You're dead in your tomb. But if you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and life, and you believe he's alive, then today may you hear him calling your voice to come awake and come alive. 
you too can come alive with Jesus. And when you're alive with Jesus, listen, death is dead and life is never ending. That's what he says. Some of you say, Eric, why does what I believe about Jesus matter so much? Why all this weight on what I believe, what is true? Why, Why does it matter so much what I believe about Jesus? Listen, because in the end, it's the only thing you're going to be judged on. It's not, it's not, did you go to Easter service? It's not, did you go to church every week? It's not where you confirm or go through the classes. It's only belief. That's all. It's the only thing. And the reason why what we believe about Jesus, what we believe is true, matters the most is because it's the only thing that will save you out of that tomb and out of that grave. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and I am the life. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, That God what? Raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus. We call upon you. Because you are risen. You are risen indeed. You are the first and the last. You are the resurrection and the life. And today, oh Father, I ask, oh God, I ask that you would give us ears to hear the truth. Your word says, he who has ears, let him hear today. Would you open us up so that we would hear your truth? And would you allow us to actually know what it is that we believe? And if there's any other belief apart from you, it's fatal. Oh, Jesus, today, I pray with every man and every woman and every child here today that right now you would call our name. And we would hear you calling each one of us out of our grave, out of our sin, out of our death, Today, you would make us alive with you. Oh, Jesus, please lead us to your truth. Help us believe that you are the resurrection and you are the life. Listen, if you're here this morning, and maybe you've never confessed with your mouth. Maybe, maybe you've never acknowledged that Jesus is your Lord. And, and maybe today you've come in and, and you, you truly believe that Jesus is the resurrection that you need, that Jesus is the life that you need. And you just simply need to acknowledge that before God. Would you just write where you are? Right where you are, heads are bowed. Would you just simply raise up a hand, acknowledging to God, I need 
you, Jesus. Yes. Yes. Anybody else? Yes. Yes. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. Yes. Yes. Right now, with hands up, with, with hearts up, with, with our souls lifted to Jesus, we would say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Jesus, wash me as white as snow. Jesus, call me forth into you. Change everything. Let me live like it's true. Let me love like it's true. Let me walk like it's true. Help me, fill me with your spirit so that I would know that it's true. That you died for me and you raised for me and that in you I will be with you forever. We confess this with our mouth. I believe it in my heart. Thank you for saving me. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe you're here and you're just, you believe, but really you're struggling with something in the past. And you're thinking that maybe someday in the future it'll work out. And you just simply need Jesus to meet you right here today in this moment on Resurrection Sunday, that today you would acknowledge, I need you, Jesus. Would you just lift your hands up to him? Listen, just, just lift them up and say, that's me. Open your hands up and say, that's me. I need you, Jesus. Be my resurrection and be my life. Lord, you see our hearts, you hear our prayers. We're asking you to change us from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen.